So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everybody, and it is Coach Jessica here from Run Pain Free, giving you the Run Pain Free podcast brought to you by the Run Pain Free Academy. I am your sports biomechanic, athletic conditioning, and corrective expert. And today we are going to talk about something that is all of the buzz, something that has been talked about on and off for a very long time. And I'm going to give you the lowdown on what intermittent fasting really is. Now, I am going to also give it with insight to a runner um, throughout my whole explanation of it in terms of how it affects the runner, the long distance runner's body. Even more so, anybody could listen to this, whether they're a runner or not, because again, running is basic human function over a long period of time with velocity. So any human being could learn from this and understand this. So I encourage you to share this with anybody who's even considering this. So many of you, if you've been listening to me, following me or know me at all, I talk about how your body only gives you a few hours and that's a three hour rule to where your body goes into starvation mode. And I use the word term starvation mode. And then your body starts to feast on muscles um, because your body can take from that and it reserves your fat because you need fat to live, not muscle to live. And fat is there to make sure that you're surviving and you always have something as a reserve, if you will. So I'm gonna first talk about what starvation mode actually is. I am going to get as in depth as I possibly can without being too scientific any questions please comment below wherever you've seen this follow us on instagram at run pain free and at run pain free underscore academy and ask us questions there and also of course on facebook so starvation mode really technically isn't a term it's what is commonly used in in the fitness industry or health industry if you will but It's from specifically, more commonly, famine response. Starvation mode is also known as famine mode, starvation resistance, starvation tolerance, adapted starvation, adaptive thermogenesis, fat adaptation, or metabolic adaptation. Those are all very similar terms to what starvation mode actually means. They're all pretty much the same thing. And where it comes from is that our bodies many many moons ago and there's tons of information about this when there was feast or famine so when there was times where you didn't know the people of this land didn't know when they were going to eat again and they would hunt and they would get and eat as much food as possible it created a storing system where our bodies went into quote survival mode and would store all of this food so you could last as long as you could and make and you were also also going to not be doing much activity you weren't going to be active you weren't going to be burning it because food equates to and um food equates to activity 
Food is energy for activity. That's why I always say, look at the food. Are you going to use it or not? If you're not going to use it, don't eat it. So a lot of these things that I say superficially, this is the backstory to all of that. And so our bodies were trained hundreds of years ago. I mean, caveman days way back on hunting days on how to digestively take all of the food through our, digest our digestive system and basically hoard it, if you will. And so it really hasn't changed that much because that's how our bodies operate. Now, how big you are or how little you are has quite little to do with how your body, how fast your body processes or not. There's you know, the, a myth of, oh, well, if you're thin, you must have a really fast metabolism. That's not necessarily true. That could just be your makeup, your gene pool and all that goodness. Um, it, it could all, you know, you might just eat like a bird and no one really knows it. There's a lot of speculation with, with, with what people look like and how their bodies operate. So let's today, let's just take all that off the table and let's just look at the science of it and let's put it all together. So I wanted to give a quick backstory of what I'm talking about when I say starvation mode. Intermittent fasting basically says that you're going to intermittently not eat for X amount of hours. And the idea is that you are going to lose weight. Here's how that doesn't happen. Every three hours, your body goes into a mode where it starts to pull from whatever you have stored unless you eat. Because if you're not ingesting energy, you can't move around and move about. So your body is going to get it from somewhere to function as a human being. And so it immediately goes to your muscles for glycogen, which is exactly what happens on your run. That's where you have energy stored. So all the ideas of carb loading and eating all these carbs while you're running and doing your long runs, the reason for that is so that you quote store glycogen in your muscles because you need it to run for a long period of time. It's there's, I'm going to do another whole one on ATP and the whole transition of that. So you understand what it means. I will touch upon it really briefly here because when your body is going into your muscles to eat for energy, it's on extreme when that's happening on a run. The difference is when you're running, the oxygen is creating ATP, which is transporting. It's the currency of how your body moves process systems within, within your body. So when you're, it's the same thing happening on a, on a sedentary scale. The thing is, is you're not creating ATP because you're not exerting energy. You're just sitting there, you're doing nothing, but your body still needs to feed on energy. So it's going to go after glycogen. So if you don't eat, your body eats your muscles to do that. It's that simple. Um, it will not go for fat because your body needs fat to live. It doesn't need muscle to live. It needs fat to live. And so it stores and reserves your fat and will eat up everything else to an extreme and totally only go last resort to your fat. Okay? So what happens is this is how somebody loses muscle mass and physically looks like they lost weight, but now they're flabby, okay? So this is the superficial part of intermittent fasting. 
What I'm going to talk about is what actually is happening to your body underneath that. Because for somebody to do inter intermittent fasting for an aesthetic look in and of itself is a problem. It's not healthy. Um, I have read an abundance of medical journals. I've been doing, I've been studying nutrition since I'm 12 years old. I've been in positions where I've personally been sick and ill with my stomach and intestines where I couldn't eat. And so I also know what it is to fast. And so I have a personal experience and I have a professional expertise experience. And when you put those things together, there's a lot of things that happen. So I'm coming to you from all of those angles, okay? Which is how I come to you with everything. So when you add hours and hours and hours and on, people believe the bigger you are, the more fat you have on you, the more you can go without eating because you quote, have fat to handle it which is the complete opposite of what happens. When you don't eat on that three hour mark, your body goes into the mode where it's in survival. It's like, okay, they're starving me again. I need to go and get energy from somewhere because I'm gonna crash if not. And I want you guys to take notes of things I'm saying that you probably have felt throughout the day when you choose not to eat, by the way. And so it goes and it grabs it from your muscles and then it eats away at your muscle. And then when you lose muscle, you lose the ability to burn fat because muscle is how you burn fat. The more muscle you have, the more fat you burn. So there is a triple negative to this. The third part is when you finally decide to eat, your body is in survival mode and it takes all of the food you just ate and immediately ingests it as fat to store because it knows you're gonna starve it again. And so it's gonna make sure it has an abundance of, of reserves for whenever you choose to starve it again. And this is what actually happens, which is why somebody could be very flabby, lose all their muscle, lose all their muscle mass, physically look like they lost weight and get on a scale and they're heavier than they were before they did the fasting or they you know, don't, don't eat all the time. And guys, not for nothing, but so many of you people eat like once every eight hours, that's fasting. Although it's not intentional, it's fasting. So as soon as you go over three hours, that's a problem. It's a survival mode that our bodies were trained hundreds of years ago to ingest and hold because it knows you're gonna starve it and it's preparing for it, okay? So in addition to that, what, there's a lot of things that happens. So people are like, well, there's all these studies about <laughs> um, how this could be beneficial. It's beneficial for somebody who has a pocket they want to fill with the idea that's going to fit your narrative. How about that? That's what I say to that. Um, when your body will do whatever it can, and it has about a month that it would take you without eating and fast and, and, and totally fasting, provided you have water, of course. Um, and by the time of your nearing a month, your kidneys start to completely shut down because they have start to shut down as soon as you start using ketones for energy. Because when you've eaten up all your muscles, when you've used up all your glycogen, and now you're hitting, you, you now have ketones in your system that's being used inappropriately, you then create kidney or renal failure. The best description or example of this is if you've ever watched the show Naked and Afraid and you see people who refuse to eat certain proteins or animal proteins on the show, their bodies do completely shut down and they near septic, 
nearly go septic and they get airlifted or taken out on a stretcher because their bodies are starting to tap into their energy reserve, which is fat, and that's when your liver and your kidney will shut down, period. And so they have to get taken out. By all means, go ahead and look at the show. I'm not lying about it. You can go look at it. It's a great, it's a great depiction of it. It's a great example of it because there's a reason why we need to eat what we need to eat, how we need to eat, and why we get to go so long without it. Our bodies are amazing, but it, everybody has a breaking point, and the body has a breaking point as well. It gives you about a month, and the amount of medical journals that talk about this, the result of this within a month, if you don't get a hold of it and start to eat, is death. It's just that serious. Fat is also very protected by the, um, the, of the nervous system. So the nervous system protects your fat reserve. That's why intermittent fasting affects your brain. So the only reason why somebody would uh, purposefully go into a starved type of, uh, to, to force their body to start using fats as any type of energy is literally in a very medically supervised position where they're trying to stop seizures from happening and they stop brain activity. <laughs> So when someone is forcing ketosis, that's actually, that would be done in that fashion. That's only, that's the only place it's done in that fashion because of what it does. And it's under severe medical supervision where they're stopping brain activity to stop seizures from happening. And it specifically ha happens in adolescence when they do stuff like that. So the one thing I talk, you know, when you say, you know, you have to know the rules to know how to break them. The place that does not apply is the human body because the human body will have the last laugh. It will have the last laugh. Your kidneys and your liver will have the last laugh. Talk to any kidney replacement person, talk to any person on dialysis, and they will tell you this is nothing, this literally is life. Your kidneys are life. The one, there's so, you don't wanna mess with any of your organs, but you do not want to mess with kidney function. It is literally how you process everything in your body. And the minute you have protein in your urine, we have a large issue. And so when you're trying to mess with things on this level to trip up your human body and how the body digests so you can speed up your fat, your fat loss or your weight loss, it is beyond ludicrous because it's a superficial gain for a very, very deep problem you're about to have that you don't know, you're not gonna know what to do with. That I can promise you. So when you say, well, Jess, it's just intermittent fasting. I just want to do it for like 12 hours. I just said three hours. Three hours is all it takes. Three hours is all it takes. Now, by all means, do me a favor. Go do it yourself. Go test it. Go eat every three hours. Don't miss it. Don't miss the, don't miss the mark because the mark matters. Go eat every three hours for two weeks. The moment you get up, you have an hour in for you to break fast. As soon as you break fasting, you start to eat. Um, if you don't eat, you start to eat muscle. If you don't eat breakfast, guys, you are going to be playing catch up all day long. And the minute you eat, it is stored as fat. And then the minute you, every, every, your body's playing catch up for the rest of the day. So say you finally eat at 10 o'clock. Oh, you better be eating 10, 11, 12, one. You better be eating at one o'clock. If you don't eat at one o'clock, the next time you eat that meal, it's gonna be stored as fat. But here's the thing. Breakfast is the only meal that will dictate where you, how you digest your food, how you process your food, whether your blood sugar spikes, drops, or stabilizes. Just breakfast alone does that. 
So go ahead and miss that meal if you want to. Go ahead. Here's the other thing I get. Well, when I eat breakfast, I'm hungry all day. And where did, where did you hear that being hungry is a bad thing? Where'd you hear that? A, if you're hungry, it's because your body is starving for food and you need to eat. Now, you should never really be hungry and starving. If you're feeling hunger and starved, that's a sign that you've already waited too long to eat. You should always be able to eat a little something. If you're ever in a place where you're starving and hungry, you miss the mark. You miss the mark. Probably have a headache, irritable. You're more than likely constipated because you're not ingesting anything to put anything out. Probably have high cholesterol because your cholesterol sits in your gut. So if you're not flushing your gut out, which is by eating and taking things in consistently in and out, if you're not doing the in, there's nothing to go out. So things that are in your intestines ferment and sit and become toxic and create cholesterol. There's a whole plethora of things you do not want to deal with and you're trying to play with intermittent fasting. This is why this is such a problem. There's an abundance of studies on how this affects brain activity, literally brain activity. That should be enough for you to hear. Well, forget it. I don't want to do it. The, the bottom line with, with it is you're not going to lose weight intermittent fasting. You are going to lose muscle. And then you will also lose the ability to burn fat. You're going to have a lot of loss, but weight isn't it. It's not it. It's just not it. And again, this is proven time and time and time again by anybody trying. Well, Jessica, I only eat once a day. I don't understand why I'm big because you eat once a day. That's why. Because your body is feasting on everything that you have in there and reserving your fat. It has no reason or trust in you to let it go. It's in survival mode because you starve it all the time. That's what happens. The body is an amazing machine and it will consistently do this. It will consistently do this. Now, if you're not generating any energy, you may or may not feel the extreme of this, but now you're a runner and you think you're going to do intermittent fasting as a runner. Well, if you're strong and you're young, you may not feel things at first. But continue to do it, and in a few years, you'll have some, some liver damage, definitely some kidney damage, if you're lucky to get through that long. If you're lucky to get through that long. There is also a lot of people who do intermittent fasting while they're, while they're running and training for like you know marathons and such, who don't consider certain things like eating, but they're still eating something, okay? Also, sidebar. So when we talk about, well, Jessica, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into the keto diet, excuse me right now, but, um, partly I, part intermittently, as you can hear, I'm some, I'm talking about it because it is related to this because that's what's happening. Ketosis is what's happening when you're intermittent, when you're fasting, cause you're messing with your kidneys. Um, so ATP is the currency of energy in the body for the cells and if you're, it's jet, you have enough for the, you have 90 seconds of ATP stored in your body, normally as a human. Anything beyond 90 seconds is going to need to be created. And how that's created is by um, oxygen. The more oxygen you're creating, the more ATP is created. However, that only lasts for so long also. Once you tap out of that, now it goes into your muscles for glycogen. 
Again, all of what I just said, you don't hear about. You hear you need glycogen in your you need glycogen in your muscles so that you can run. So you hear all the gels. This is glycogen. This is glycogen, and it's spelled with a G and all this stuff. So you hear all the tail end of stuff, okay? But all of what I just said is why that happens. So you've already gotten rid of your natural process as a human being, and now it's starting to tap in. Now it's starting. Now the system is starting to work. Where now we're going into what we need, what the body does for energy on its own. So now the sweet potato you ate the night before and the sweet potato you had for breakfast was stored glycogen in, in your muscles. So now the run is going to take that out of there and it's going to create the energy from that. By the time that taps out, if you're somebody who's not eating, you don't have that. So now it goes right to lactic acid and tries to use lactic acid for energy. But now you've cramped up. Now you're cramping up, your legs are locked up, you can't even bend your knees, you may even come to a complete halt on your run because you can't move your legs. That's lactic acid built up. That's why if you punch your legs, you can actually feel the burst every time you punch your legs. That's lactic acid. There's a reason for that, guys. The, the less you're eating for not only in general, but for your run, Okay, because by the way, you can't fuel your run the night before. You have to be fueling your run 24-7 the whole time. You have to eat properly all the time. It's not just the week of or the day of. It's not, that doesn't know how, how it works, okay? Storage. You're storing. You're constantly storing. It's like a saving system. It's the same thing. You don't just think you're going to have $1,000 saved in one day, right? So don't think you're going to have all this glycogen stored in one night either. It's the same thing. So now, if you're not eating, you have no glycogen. To, to pull from, so it skips all these processes and starts to going into anything it can go into way before it touches your fat, way before. If the if it was proper thing, it was if it was a proper thing and a healthy thing for the body to go after fat to use it like that, why don't you think that would be first on the list? Why wouldn't that be first on the list? Why wouldn't the body itself know to use that first? You ever think about that? No. No, no one thinks about these things. No one thinks about these things. See, it's really bright and shiny and sparkly to slap do this for weight loss on it and anybody will believe it. That's a problem. That's a problem because the stuff that's happening underneath this beautiful skin of yours and these nice muscles that you're eating up are real problems, okay? Real problems. So now we're hitting lactic acid and now when we've eaten up all the lactic acid, now we're going to go into fat. That's when you start not being able to talk right. That's when you start, you start, now you're getting dizzy. You're not getting blood flow to your brain. You're in dehydration. All this stuff is happening. That's because your nervous system is getting, is, is starting to go into overdrive to protect you from using the fat. The nervous system is like, uh, no, we're not going to do this. So I'm going to rattle you up all over yourself. You're going to lose strength in your hands. You can't make a fist. Your nervous system is going to get really weak. You're going to have a hard time talking. Your blood pressure may drop. Everything goes into mode so that you stop this business and go sit down somewhere and eat something. That's basically what's happening because it will do everything under the sun to not let you use your fat reserve. Because once you tap into that fat reserve, we're talking serious problems, serious problems. And so this is what is not talked about because everybody likes to take, say a sentence or two and then leave out a whole bunch of 
leave out a whole bunch of real important information that's happening on a molecule level, on a enzyme level, on acid levels, on a processing level, on how the body changes things over. And even when you're done with fasting, you can't just go out there and eat. You can't just go eat and like shove food on your face. You can go into a um, nearly a sugar coma because your body's going to just take everything in and, was, and you're like you starved it. So it just pulls it in, pulls it in, pulls it in. And you actually can't process it because you have enzymes to process food. Well, when you're not eating, you have no enzymes to break down food. So now you just shoved all this food in your mouth and the enzymes are not there to break it down. You literally screw up your body doing this. You just do. The, trying to get the fast way out has never been proven to do anything good for anybody. I don't know why it's even still a discussion, but it is what it is. Everybody knows the fast way is not going to be beneficial. It is the slow and steady roll. That's what wins. That's what's long term. That's what's healthy. That's how you train your body. That's how you, that's how you live forever in a day. It is not by doing all these quick fads, quick fixes, uh, chemicals and shots and pills and all this stuff is not what it is. It's not, that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So even though you possibly could do it, doesn't mean it's sustainable. And to force your body to go into a survival mode where it's going to hold on to everything you've eaten thus far, just in case you store it again, just in case you, you, um, you, you starve it again, it doesn't, you're messing with the body thinking it's the same as know the rules to know how to break them. The body, the, the body is not the one to do that with. It's not the one to do that with. And again, when you, when you really want to understand how the body is operating, you need to understand everything individually. What does glycogen do? What is lactic acid? Where does it come from? How does it operate? How does it create? How is it created? What is the process of it? What is the function of the kidneys? What, what is renal failure? What is, what is fully ketosis? What is the liver function? What is going on? What is, what is my nervous system? Why is my nervous system involved? What is fat supposed to do? Like these, you have to know what everything is individually to know how it is when it reacts together. Because ATP in, in the biology textbooks, ATP is not, is, has a totally different definition by itself than when we're talking about ATP in terms of movement and exercise. Totally different. And when you're trying to, when you're trying to, everybody's rate that they burn activity, that they burn energy and activity is different. It's based on your, your height, your weight, your athletic ability. That's what it's based on. So everybody's is different on how you use or burn energy. A runner, I, I've tested m many of my clients over the years, and I had a person who sedentary, was just sedentary, not working out that day, just at work. And in, in his day, he burned 1,800 calories just sitting there, just sitting there. Because he was very athletic in general, so on his off days, when he wasn't doing anything, his body was burning all day long. If you're burning energy all day long, you have to feed that. Or guess what it's gonna do? Eat your muscles. And if you don't have the glycogen stored in there, it's gonna go to other processes. 
and you're going to start to have cramping in your legs. It's going to go to left. And then if you're not active and your body is doing that and you're sedentary, it's totally different when you're sedentary and needing that to when you're running or moving and needing that. It's also different if you're doing a strenuous workout and needing that slow bursts, slow, slow, steady, strenuous bursts are different in what you need. So your body can only go, it can only exert that level of energy for a very, very short period of time, which is why a sprinter (laughs) and a long distance runner have very different needs when it comes to energy, very different needs when it comes to energy, energy expenditure and energy being used how they're regaining it. It's very different. It's very different. And I'll get into that more when I have a whole one on ATP, but in terms of intermittent fasting, it there's a lot more happening underneath your body in underneath your body, underneath your skin, uh, in a, in a organ way that you don't want to mess with. You don't want to mess with. Um, you could Google all day long and every, every I've done it just to see what people see. Because I don't Google. I deal with medical journals. I deal with case studies. I deal with peer-reviewed actual research studies. That's what I look into. That's what I've looked into for years. However, I do look at Google to see what people see. And there's nothing but blog articles, blog articles, blog articles. That's not expertise. That's That's not science. So you have to dig in those to see who's writing them, what's being written. You know, and and then it's also perspective. You know, there's a lot of that out there. I'm coming from a biology, from a biology reference, from all of these different processes on a biological level. And then what happens when they actually start talking? There's a different, there's a different outcome when all the mechanisms actually work together. Um, you, you, when you're lifting, it's all of your power is lifting. So if you have no energy to use, to lift all of your power, to lift, to lift weights or to do, you know, to do a bench press or to do a heavy squat, your, your body is going to eat at anything to get you that energy to expend it. But then you're going to be completely kaput. You're going to be completely tired. You're going to be locked up. Your legs the next day, next day are going to be cramped up. You're going to feel like crap because you're asking your body to do all of this stuff with no, with no input no input whatsoever. Food is energy, period. If you don't eat, you don't have energy. Thinking that you're going to trick the body to use its fat reserves so that you lose weight is, I I can't even say what it really is. It's hogwash. So I'll say that it's hogwash because you're going to lose something. And I'll say it again. You're going to lose something. That something is muscle. And when you lose muscle, you lose the ability to loot, to burn fat. The more muscle you have on your body, the more you burn fat at a sitting rate, let alone at a workout rate. The more muscle you have on your body, the more fat you burn at a sedentary rate, let alone when you're working out. That's basic science. So why the hell would you want to eat your muscle away when that's the only way you're going to lose actual fat? And if you look at the science of it, there's, uh, there's too much information and research that is baseline, that that's exactly what, if you know that the body goes for glycogen for energy, glycogen is in your muscles, guys. So where the hell you think it's going? It's going to go there first, way before it touches, way before it touches your fat. What's actually happening with intermittent fasting is you have no glycogen, so it skips that. 
Lactic acid don't last too long. Now we're gonna go after fat. So you just speed up the process by skipping over the natural processes that the body would actually have had you eaten something. That's all you're doing. And you're putting it into a deficit off the, off the cuff. You're putting it in a deficit. So you're messing with it and saying, hey kidneys, you're gonna have to overwork by not working. So when everything inside is not getting, is not ingesting food, it's not having any nutrients to handle, to process, to deal with, to digest, to take toxins out of, your gallbladder, your, your liver, your kidneys, your intestines, your stomach, nothing's working. Okay, we'll see how long that will last. The body is not going to let you screw it up because of foolishness. It won't do it. The kidneys will shut, will shut it down real quick. And you don't want to mess with your kidneys, but go ahead and do intermittent fasting and see how much damage happens to your kidneys. I, have, I had a runner years ago who was doing intermittent fasting and not sleeping. <laughs> and the two are so, so crucial to the human body, specifically an athletic human body. You have to go to sleep. You do not recover any other place but sleeping. You do not recover. Sitting on the couch is not resting. Resting is taking your butt to sleep. That's where you actually recover, okay? You're not sleeping and you're intermittent fasting. I've had several people like this. It's not even just one, I'm lying about it. It's several people because sleeping is a thing. People don't sleep and people don't eat. And it was because, you know, people reach a point of, I need to get this weight off. I want this weight off. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm just not going to, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm working nonstop. I'm just not going to eat either. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the intermittent fasting and I'm going to lose all my weight. And guess what they all did? Blew up. All of them blew right up because the body is going to swell from dehydration because it's going to swell and hold your water since you're not taking anything in going to swell to protect you from dehydrating just like it holds on to fat to protect you from starving it same thing but you lose muscle it'll eat that away real quick eat it up because it's going in there for glycogen so however much glycogen you got stored or not it's going to do whatever it can and it's going to keep eating away at it and all you have to do is look at how many flabby people are around you I'm not lying. That'll show up for you. There's a lot of thin, flabby people out there. And it's called skinny fat because they have lost all of their muscle because they don't eat or don't eat properly, period. You cannot build muscle without eating. It's not going to happen. And if you're on a high aerobic state like long distance running, the more you're asking of your body, the more it has to eat away to give you the energy to do so. Just talking needs energy. Just talking needs energy, let alone getting up and walking down the steps and then going outside and then going for a run. That it goes up and up and up and up in the amount of energy source you need to do everything I just said. So if just talking needs energy and energy is food and you put nothing in your mouth and you think you're gonna run 20 miles today, okay, you're gonna eat up all your muscle. There's just no other way around it because it's gonna go at your muscle thinking it has glycogen in there, but it doesn't have any because you didn't eat. So it's gonna eat away, eat away, eat away, eat away, eat away at it completely, and then go into the lactic acid, and then go into the fat reserve. By the time you're hitting fat reserve, it's so far beyond at that point. 
and you've lost all of your muscle and continue to do it. Every time you do it, you'll eat more muscle. Every time you do it, you'll eat more muscle. And then you're super, super, and mind you, hold on, let's get this out, out, of, out of the way. Just because somebody is cut up does not mean they have muscular strength. Please do not let that fool you. I cannot tell you how many people I have had my actual hands on that are cut up and cannot lift a 50 pound kettlebell. Can't do it. All, listen, you get rid of all, everything, everything, like very lean, very lean and um, lean, I'll say lean, a very lean person, just, that's a runner specifically, that does not mean a damn thing. I've had, I've had athletic built men who aren't runners, who are just regular, you know, athletes outside of running, who lift weights on a regular, I've had bodybuilders, how about that, I'll, t I'll talk about them. I've had bodybuilders who are ripped to shreds and can't do a bent over row with five pounds on a cable machine. Yes, I do. I have had this. Why? Because being ripped doesn't mean you're strong. It means you've eaten a certain way to do that. And bodybuilders have a very, very strict diet. So their muscles are extremely exposed and, and shown. It's not a sustainable diet. It's actually one of the worst in the industry, um, but it's a sport. That's why it's not normal. It's not a normal thing to do. It's a sport. So they're eating for a sport. It's very specific. So as soon as they're off of training, they eat a totally different way for the most part. So in, in general, I've worked with a ton of them, both for, for fitness and nutrition and getting them together. So I've had a lot of experience with that as well. So don't get it twisted that because a runner is lean that they're strong and have muscles. No, they don't. Go up behind, go up behind them and pinch their, pinch their, um, their tricep. I bet you you can pinch the whole thing with two fingers. It's, it's, quite, it's, it's quite uncanny to see. So don't always, again, the narratives I've created out there, you have to stop listening to everything you hear and everybody around you. People like me have spent decades researching, studying, working with people of all shapes, sizes, athleticism, ethnicities, from all corners of this earth I have worked with for decades. That's what I'm giving you information on. I'm not just sitting here. That's just some random Joe Schmo that, you know, thinks they know stuff because I went for a run for a couple of years. That's not it. That's not, not it. I, I actually have, and when I say expert, I actually mean it. And I respect others who have the same. So I'm here to give you that information as openly as possible without bombarding you too much with the scientific terms. But there's a lot of facades that are myths that you guys, you know, can listen to or take on to and actually get really hurt behind it. Not just physical injuries, guys, but really hurt yourselves internally. You don't want a kidney issue. You don't want a liver issue. You don't want intestinal issues. You don't want to trip your system up where it can't process certain things anymore and you lose function of your pancreas. Like you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So when you're trying to trip up the body because you don't want to put the effort into actually getting up, eating, packing your food, bringing your food with you, then you're making a choice to not, to not have the body or life that you want. So just deal with it. That's your choice. For who do you think you are to go and ruin your body who keeps you walking every day, who keeps you running every day, who keeps you functioning every day so you can still see your friends and family and loved ones every day. You think it's okay to go treat your body like crap and go and start to rob Peter to pay Paul to yourself and then think that that's okay and your body's gonna thank you for it? 
Mm-mm. Negative. Not going to happen. Your kidneys will stop that show really fast. Really fast. This is a subject that I've waited for a very long time to even talk about because it's very controversial and I am hype when it comes to nutrition because it's my longest study. Biomechanics is something I've done since I'm three, but I've actually started studying this at 12 years old. So honestly, if you think I'm crazy about injuries, don't get me started with nutrition. And this is why, because there's so many myths out there and there's so much hoopla out there and it can be really confusing, but I'm coming to you from a biology standpoint and a personal standpoint and an expertise standpoint and putting it all together and having worked with all types of nutritions, athleticisms, athletes, types of bodies and very strong ailments, type two diabetes, type one diabetes, kidney failure, intestinal dysfunction, ulcers, um, Crohn's disease, colitis, thyroid, hyperthyroid, hypothyroid, all types of things. Um, fibromyalgia. It just, I've worked with so many things and everything really matters. And when you start trying to think you're going to trip up your body for the sake of losing weight, it's just a whole level that needs to be dealt with. That's got nothing to do with food. Okay. The bottom line is our bodies are innately going to store food because it doesn't trust you're going to feed it. When your body starts to realize that you're feeding it every three hours, guess what it does? It starts to get rid of stuff it doesn't need. It starts processing things better intestinally, digestively. You start peeing your bloat out. You start going to the bathroom more. I don't care if you go to the bathroom three times a day right now. If you're not eating on a regular basis throughout the day, you're not going to the bathroom efficiently. You're not. Your intestines are very big, very long. There's tons of stuff in there. You want to get the stuff out, keep it moving on a regular basis. Good, good bathroom movements on a regular basis. If not, your cholesterol is probably up. If you're also not eating on a regular basis, your blood sugar is spiking and dropping, which is why type two diabetes is such a big issue right now. It used to just be age onset or it used to be adolescence or obesity. No, it's such a big thing right now. Pretty much anybody could have it at this point. I can't tell you how many people I've had in the past three years with it, let alone the past 20. So it's gotten much and much worse because people don't eat. If you really, if, if I tell you all you have to do to lose fat, build muscle, lower your cholesterol and get out of being pre or pre-diabetic or even type two diabetic and get rid of it is by eating every three hours. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Oh, because you think starving yourself all day, all night is going to actually help you. Your blood sugar is going to drop. Your blood pressure is going to drop. Your kidneys are going to go on a fritz. You're going to get very confused. You may even not, you may even um, pass out. You're going to have disorientation often. Probably will get dehydrated as well. And this consistently over time creates a really big problem with your kidneys. And not for nothing, all of us with our own backgrounds are prone to certain things. I'm Italian, I'm Sicilian, I'm Mediterranean. Mediterraneans are high cholesterol people by genetics. High, high cholesterol people by genetics, it's just genetics. Whereas African Americans are high blood pressure by high blood pressure or an, um, also, and then Hispanics have a high tendency to be diabetics. 
there's very much genetics with certain things. There's a high heart disease in certain people in, in, the, in, the, in the world. There's a lot of things genetically. So why would you tamper with anything that could mess up something you already could be prone to? There's just so much you guys got to think about when you're talking about intermittent fasting. It is not superficial, although that's what you're doing it for. And, and nothing superficial does well for the, for the deep side of things, ever. You, you, you have to always think about the bigger outcome. How is this really going to affect me? This is the short term. You know, short term, I'll look cute for a couple of days. And then as soon as I eat again, you blow up. You blow because you didn't, your body was starving. So the minute you eat, you're going to blow up. Why? Because A, you can't process food, by the way. And two, it's going to store it because you starved it. If you have done this and you have felt those things, that's a sign you did something the body didn't like, by the way. Now, I'll have all these um, elite athletes come on and say something to me and we're like, well, Jess, I've done it and I can do it and I run this and that. Good for you. Talk to me in five years. I'm not buying it. I know better. I know better. Okay. And the minute I say something and you're like, oh yeah, I actually did do that. Oh, I did have some back pain and it wasn't even going away with formal. Yeah. Cause kidney is back pain. Kidney is back pain. And a lot of people think that that's just like pain from like running. No, that's your kidneys. That's kidney pain. I have to differentiate when someone comes to me with back pain, whether it's kidney pain or a QL and psoas. There's a big difference, big difference. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you may just say it's one thing when it's really the other. But you don't know that. Also, if you just have good genes and you have good athletic genes, you can get by a lot longer. Hey, injuries. The more athletic you are, the longer your body lets you go before you get hurt. Same thing happens with your regular, with your internal body, with your organs. The more healthy you are in general, the longer your body will go before it shuts down. Sure. Sure. It's principle. All matters. So this is hogwash. And... If you haven't gotten it clear, I'll say it blatantly. I'm totally against it. That, that's what I, I'm totally against it. You need to eat every three hours so that your body doesn't go into eating your muscles because it's a triple negative if you don't. When you don't eat in three hours, your body goes at your muscles and eats your muscles. When you finally decide to eat again, your body immediately stores it as fat, even a salad. That's right. It will take what it can to store it as fat, 100%. So it's a triple negative when you don't eat on time. You lose muscle, you gain, you hold on to fat, and when you eat, you store it as fat immediately. Immediately. So there you go. And that's only three hours. It doesn't matter how big you are. I had someone say, well, Jess, even my size, that would still be the case for me. Yes. Yes, for you too. You too. Yep. You too. That fat you see on you is going to stay there because you've got a lot of fat reserve. So your body's going to hold on to that and any little bit of muscle you got out the window. Bye. That's what it needs to get the glycogen. It's not in the fat. When it starts hitting the fat, the nervous system is like, hell no, we're not doing this. And it's heavily protected by the nervous system. So stop playing with stuff you don't know much about. Stop it. Just eat. Would you please learn how to eat? Timing is more important and I've, I've been saying this for years. You could hear me in my podcast. You could hear it in my events. You can hear it from any of my nutrition clients. You can hear it. Timing is more important than what? I've been saying that for years. Way before the intermittent fasting buzz came around. I've been saying this for years. Timing is more important than what? I'll deal with your what later. 
I got to get you eat on time. That's more important. I've had people eat donuts every three hours just to get them used to eating every three hours, and they still lost weight. And then in a week or two, I get them back, you know, changing to eggs and changing to, you know, proteins and veggies and, you know, sweet potatoes or whatever. Like, yeah, over time, the what changes. I don't care if you're eating fried chicken. Eat. Eat. Get used to eating on time. Set your clock every three hours. Eat on time. And then change the what. Because the timing is more important than anything. So when we're talking about intermittent fasting, it is of an abundance. The worst thing you could do to your body internally, you're messing with things you don't want to be messing with because you don't want the outcomes of what you're going to do to it if you mess with it. That I can promise you. I hope you learned a lot on this podcast. I hope that you ask me questions, comment, reach out, post on Instagram, share it with your network because it applies to any and everybody even non-runners, because everybody needs to understand what this means, what it does. If you want more in-depth of this, post that, and I'll, I'll do another one if you want more of the science. I'll do another one. But I hope this really gives you guys some insight on it. I hope I talked about everything that helps you understand it. And please go and eat. Have a good eating session after you listen to this podcast. Have a great day, guys. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.